Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cantina MX. We are back. Oh, boy. A lot has happened since our last episode. Superliga talk. We got two more fixtures left in Liga MX. The Olympic draw. We have opponents now. This and much, much more. Oh, boy. We got the full panel tonight. Coming in from SoCal, we have Joel. Joel, how are we doing tonight? Hey, greetings, gentlemen. Um, I'm breathing the edge of my seat here, Jaime. Yes. There's no way of watching the game, but but my coats are hanging in there with a 1-1 draw so far. Correcto, Mundo. We have Rayados uh, hosting Chivas, 65th minutes. They uh, just equalized the game. It's 1-1. Still going. We'll make sure to update you guys as we record. Over on the East Coast, we have Ron. How are we doing, Ron? Doing good. How are you doing, guys? Good, 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 good. And last but not least, we have Cheekies somewhere there in the South. Yeah, man, what's going on? Coming here from Texas, man. There's Texas thing. Austin. Austin. The Bay Area of Texas, Austin. <laughs> Yeah, man. Wanna be Bay Area. Wanna be Californians. Guys, so what the hell happened between our last episode? There was rumors about this Super Liga. I know it's not, you know, Liga Mekis related in a way, but this, these talks about the biggest clubs in, in uh, Europe with Barca, Real Madrid, the, the big six in England. Uh, and they, and they, they basically said, we're going to start our own league. <laughs> and Well, I think. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's been a long time coming, and I think it will happen eventually. Ron, I don't know if you remember talks of the G16. This is going back, what, maybe 20 years. So I, I do think eventually, like, if the oil money dries up, you know, because that's, that's the big investment right now for a lot of these clubs, then, then they will eventually um, move into something like Super League. But I feel it's inevitable. It's... it's uh, it's like streaming, you know. Took out, took out the video store and and whatnot. The blockbuster, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that beta, like Betamax, is the current EPL? <laughs> like no, the current not, EPL? Not, no, because you had a VHS and Betamax. Uh, I think uh, I, I I think it's more like, you know, like when. Napster came in. Nah, it's like and, HD, and DVD, and Blu-ray. We gotta, we gotta speak the language of of our audience. They're, they probably don't even have, they don't even well, know what Betamax well, is. <laughs> yeah, well, I say streaming because before you had to go, you would go to the movies, you know, and and you had to go to the theater, and now you just stream anything, or you had to go to video store to rent something, uh, and now you just to your computer to your phone, and so it's just quicker, but. It's, it's something that's been happening for a long time, just at a smaller scale, you know, because football, the way we see it now, it's it's all due to corporations, you know, it's because of all the money that, that you could watch every single World Cup game, that you have easy access to Champions League, uh, these, these, you know, world-class stadiums. It, it's all because of the corporations that are putting in money. Um, not, this is not to say that I like it, but it's just the way it is, you know. Um, it's it's so you know. Eventually, they want a return for their 
investments. You want a little stadium? You want a, a low-tech stadium? No, <laughs> no, Hoyle, I, no, I do remember all the talk about the G, yeah. you know, whatever. You know, it, it, I mean, it changed so many numbers, the G12, G this, and all whatever. But no, you're right. Um, I mean, this is this is 30, 40 plus years in the making. Uh, you know, the, the the you know the football or just sports in general becoming more corporative. You know. Yeah. And um, and globalized. It, it it is. It is. I mean, from you know, you know what, like you know, the the Premiership branching off. You know, uh, breaking away from the football league. Because why? Because they wanted more money. They wanted to be able to control their 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 the revenue streams. You know, the Champions League also got rebranded. You know, and, and stuff like that. You know, there's just so many things in the past thirty years that has changed football from from you know you know the TV you know contracts to you know, the Bosman you know ruling yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know the 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 top tier teams wanting more money. Um. It's not that I'm in favor or against, but what I what I am against is the fake outrage, um, because <laughs> because football has not been, it's not it it, it hasn't been amateur oh, in over man, a century. Yeah. It, it hasn't been amateur in over a century. So I mean, we we need to stop with that you know with that crap about you know you know created by the poor, stolen from the rich crap, because it, it's it's not true. If anything, the rich are the ones that codified the game, you know. Uh, yeah. And I mean, that's that's for a different conversation and stuff like that. But that's kind of the stuff that just was starting to irritate me was just, you know, you know, that sort of rhetoric, because it's not true. You know, you can go country just about I, I wouldn't say every country, but most countries, their leagues are basically controlled by corporations. I mean, granted, yeah. you still ha- you still have the exceptions, like in Argentina, where it's like still all clubs or the vast majority of the clubs are still member owned. But like, take Mexico for example. I think what I think there's only one one club in Mexico left that's still owned by the clubs. Who's no, that? no, actually, Atlas. No, Atlas. it no, was Atlas, Atlas and yeah, it, it out by Televisa. Or and, no, Tevesteca, I think. Grupo, was, yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. Or Legi. and stuff like that. And and so it's it's not like it's not like you know the the these corporations put a gun to their heads. I mean, it's not like, for example, when Jorge Vergara took over, and and like Chivas had what some almost three hundred something members or, or socios. Yeah, yeah. It's not like asked, he put a gun. They asked willingly sold out. Exactly. And, and if you're a Chivas fan, you have to put yourself into that situation and be like, would you if you own a stock? In Chivas, would you be willing to sell it? You know, and it wasn't it wasn't even that much money. No, it wasn't. Bought the club for it was very cheap. It's it's no. you know it's embarrassing if you think about it. I, I told you I told you this you know, when I went when I covered the 20, uh, 2010 World Cup. I, I you know I I would always meet up at the at the Johannesburg Dumbo Airport uh, hotel because that was where the you know the shuttle bus that's where I would take the shuttle bus from right. So and yeah. I and I think I told you this once. I was you know I was there with um, with an English uh, reporter. I forget his name, and we were just talking about the game. And I and I made the comment about you know it's like you know uh, about the English game. And he said, "Well, it's not being English." But he didn't mean that in in terms of like you know foreign in players. a negative way. He 
Exactly. He, that's what he was referenced to. That he says you have to go to the lower leagues to really see what the beautiful, yeah. what the British game was, you know, was like. Like, I mean, you like, and when he's talking about really the the, the lower leagues, he's talking about the non-football leagues, where you really see what British football was like. So, and the reason I'm I'm saying this is because even even the lower leagues in 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 England, you know, you you have corporations that you know, that are also owned, that own them. So, so it's like, why I don't understand this fake outrage. I, I really don't. And, um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just when? think that the biggest I, thing I is just, the, is the timing of this, right? We have a champions league semis and the season's almost over. Why would you try to like announce this in the middle of a season? Why not wait until the season's over? Uh, or at least do some like, uh, some research you know before like like take a small pool of people and hey we're thinking about proposing this what do you guys think you know they just ended up doing it and it just blew up in their face i think that the timing of it it really made it worse than what it actually was i think people would have given it a a listen or would have heard them out if it wasn't for the timing john had a uh, john had a comment uh a tweet recently he doesn't you know speak out too much but he said that uh the timing of it was actually really interesting because apparently are they um, negotiating uh, Champions League pretty soon? Um, and, uh, and, and, use, and using this as leverage. Uh, sort of... They did announce the new yeah. bracket, the new way of the format of, of Champions League. It's very confusing. I still don't quite understand it, but there's not going to be you play uh, three teams twice. You're going to end up playing six games, but you're going to play five, uh, six different teams. So they're like changing the format a little bit. And I don't know if may, maybe that was their counter uh, to their, to that new bracket or new whatever negotiation terms. But my, my, my whole beef with it, and it's like it's not really outrage because I don't really care, but uh, is, is the uh, elimination of any other type of competition, even between Minnows and the, the, the Grandes, like, like Manchester United and... Arsenal, Real Madrid. Like I still would like to see a team that's coming up that's lower on the on the table play against those bigger clubs. And when you take them out of the leagues, then that's sort of that's my, my understanding. Odds. Though is they were still going to f- compete in their domestic leagues. They were just going to do this uh, during the week, kind of like how Champions League fixtures are like yeah. on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. This was going to be an addition yeah. to that. It wasn't going to be we're all just separating and. This is going to be it for the right. No, it was going to be like you have your domestic and then you have this separate tournament going on. That was my understanding. Okay. So if that's the case, it, this crying is like really sort of exaggerated because who is not like whenever there's a, 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 a Clásico Barcelona Real Madrid, who isn't like hyping up and going all crazy the week prior? Or whenever there's like a derby in England or something, who isn't one? Uh, excited to watch those matches. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, you know I mean, what? It, it, eventually, it would have broken off to its own thing, you know. Um, especially if it was going to bring as much money as as they were claiming it's going to bring. But I, I do, I do see that happening because even even when you when we talk about Champions League, most people aren't going to watch the the, the group stage. Finals. Uh, you know, yeah. Well, they'll probably see the group stage, but they'll see like just their favorite team. They're not going to see like the other Ghent the, the smaller versus sides. Bruges. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was there was a tweet that I read and um, talking about the money, the money that 
you know, that supposedly the, the Super League was going to bring in to what the money is currently now and saying that there's going to be a point where the money that's within, you know, the, the, the current money right now in the Champions League isn't going to be enough to really make it profitable for the for the teams that have the you know the the astronomical you know payrolls and and that's it and that's a little interesting to me because and you've heard you've heard it many times from you know Liga MX owners saying that it's not really you know the, that the champions you know the CONCACAF Champions League is not very prof, profitable for them you know because you know, because obviously Liga MX pays you know higher salaries than you know the other teams in in the region, so I I I, I think that I I don't I don't fault you know like for example uh, Real Madrid's president or the people that want this because the money for better or for worse you know and you know I understand that like for example you know Barcelona has is is uh, you know having financial you know problems right now. And a lot of it has to do with salary, but for better or for worse, you know, they're going to want more money and something's going to have to give. And I, I, and I don't, I don't think, I think like, you know, like Jaime said, I think maybe their timing was off, but I don't think they're wrong for wanting to change the system because, you know, let's, let's not make the current, you know, the current people that, you know, uh, that control UEFA, Let's not make them out to be saints. You know, they're they're just as money hungry as as what you know the these people are be, are accusing the you know these twelve teams of just you know being greedy and stuff like that. Um, I just I just think that perhaps you know, and, and going to Pima's point was that they should have waited, maybe in the summer, to do this. Um, yeah, uh, but. Uh, I ultimately would like to see it change. You know, I I I was looking at the, the the format. I'm not really, I'm not really too thrilled about the format. You know, is it just like a regular league where it'd be like, you play each team like once or twice, and then it's like a group, it's like a table, or is it actually like a knockout kind of thing? I mean, it's still a knockout, but it, oh. it's. Yeah. I just, I I, I have the same. You know, I I just think there's there's too many meaningless games in the mm. Champions League. You know, I agree. Um, and I think that that holds true, for example, in in the Champions League in Europe, and even in our Champions League, you know, the Conca Champions. You know, the there's just too many meaningless games, or you know, and um, you know, I I just you know, I think certain things are going to have to change. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> here's the thing about the the Super League. Uh, it's <sighs> some of these clubs are not worthy of of being in it. Like, if you look at based on merit, based on you know big names, what is Arsenal? What's Tottenham doing there? What's even Man City doing there? It's like they have a lot of money, and or they basically bought their spot in. But that's that's kind of remember like why was this even created? Or where where did this idea stem from? It came from like the amount of money that all these big teams lost last year because of the pandemic. So they were trying to find a quick buck, a way to get their money back. And they said, hey, you know, we're the big draw. We see the numbers. We are the ones that fans want to see play week in and week out. So let's just let's all you know. It's kind of like the the Jake uh, Logan fight uh, over the weekend. They 
could find every every celebrity that want to be part of this thing and it had become this huge spectacle and everybody got paid so i feel like you know they they all had that same idea uh not having relegation though is a very american like way of looking i mean they, they looked at this as a business idea yeah, but that, that that doesn't stop anyone from seeing nfl and nba you know and, and yeah worldwide they see those teams so it, i'd agree with with ron there with a bit of the hypocrisy there where it's yeah it's and even the relegation it's not what it you know what it's all chalked up to be where teams really do have a chance because a lot of those teams that that get promoted they they don't last like maybe a year maybe four years at most 44 percent of of epl teams get relegated the following season well and 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 like within the you know within in five years you know that you know they they i think if i think i if i recall i think it was like what 60 over 60 percent don't make it you know yeah and so, you end up with the same with the exact same teams and it, you know it, interesting um, interesting you know that you said that you know um that you mentioned you know that you know people still watch the nba people still watch you know nfl and one of the things that kind of caught my eye with this whole super league was that there were a lot of pundits making reference to the franchise model and you know american sports and basically kind of just saying it like it was a dirty word you know and i just i i i've always you know i i made a comment to you guys just in private a couple days ago about you know the franchise U.S. model, and then obviously the promotion relegation model that you know that you see that you know it, it sometimes it, it surprises me that the franchise model that that you know that's used in American sports like NBA, NFL, where um, you know the the uh, the clubs that all the owners are you know are together you know they fight for you know the, the same you know they're, they're basically always pulling the same way you know. And you don't really have dynasties in in American sports. I mean, we like in Germany. What what, what Bayern Munich has won? What eight, seven, eight pre, uh, consecutive titles? Oh, we lose count. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, I mean, and even Juventus. Yeah. Juventus was at like what five or six recently for like the third, fourth time. I remember. Yeah. I remember so, for a while they owned one like nine straight or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, so 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 like you know you don't see that you don't see that you know in U.S. sports. I mean, if you do a three-peat, like wow. In the NFL, I mean, since since the merger, you know, no team has won you know three consecutive titles. It's two, and that's it. Bye bye. And so there's there's a sort of a level playing field, regardless of you know each you know you know the money gets you know more and more and more, but still, you know, you'll have you know, a good chunk, at least 50% of the teams, more than 50% of the, ch- the teams have a chance to win it. I mean, and that's also one of the good things about, you know, the, the, the Liga MX, for example, is that, you know, like you have America with, what was it, 13. You have Sechivas uh, with 12. You have, uh, I think the next two are, you know, the next one I think is 10 with uh, Toluca, right? And then you have nine with Cruz Azul. And so, I mean, so it's, it's, it's really tight. And and like I said, promotion and relegation doesn't 
it, it doesn't guarantee that it's going to be better or worse. Just like the, the the franchise model doesn't guarantee that it's going to be better or worse. I just think that in the moment you need to have competent, um, you know, league officials, competent owners, and I think when you have that, whether there's promotion relegation or whether it's the franchise model, you can still put a very good product on the field. And I just that's one of the also the things that I just kind of like you know it's like kind of bothered me how a lot of the Europeans were like you know just just because it seemed American that it was bad, you know. Yeah, I mean the thing about uh, there there are teams that actually make it a business to get promoted and relegated because you make a, you make a, over a hundred million to get promoted to the Premier League, so a lot of teams will teeter totter between uh, staying in the Premier League and then getting relegated and then getting promoted back again because it actually for them it makes more financial sense. Uh, and there's like a lot of teams that used to do that, like Sunderland. I know was one of those teams that kept like getting promoted and relegated. Newcastle. Uh, so I mean, I, I think in England it's it's more of a big deal because you know it's a it's a huge footballing country, and like you have seen stories where like for example Southampton they were relegated all the way to like the fourth tier and made their way back to the Premier League. You look at Leicester City, you look at these like Cinderella stories, and you know oh this is what you know we're gonna lose out if we do this no promotion relegation thing. So I understand like maybe that's just in England because you don't really hear that happen in other in Spain or in Germany or in France. You don't really hear about the second league, but, uh, yeah. Kind of gave you guys an update on Rayados and, uh, Chivas quite a roller coaster in the last 10 minutes here. Uh, Rayados are down a man and, uh, it's still one, one with five minutes to go. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, just my closing thoughts. Yes. Because I think uh, just with with the whole thing where it's like, because we eventually we'll see the change and not, not just in league soccer, but also in World Cup soccer. And we, we've been seeing it from how the World Cup went from, what was it, 16 teams to 24 to 32. Now they're at like 48. Uh, even the format has changed. And I know there's been talk in the past of even having a World Cup every two years. And oh, wow. So then eventually we would see something like, you know, players maybe choosing a career, a club, or league. Uh, I mean, Country. national team or league. Yeah, because then you would be like playing qualifiers for X amount of time and then like, you know how there's like all these tournaments, uh, you know, like league, yeah, uh, league of nations, and you have the cups, and then, and so I, I do think we might see something like that somewhere down the line, uh, as you know, uh, the leagues start to like maybe separate or 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 become bigger. Uh, it's it's a possibility. So, I mean, forty eight teams now. It's it's you know. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And talk- anyway, so 48 teams, 48 teams expanding the World Cup. That's uh how is that a cash grab? Because it seems like that's more of like including the lesser what teams. Is, well, think those. about it. I think think about 
They're trying to get more games and stuff. Well, think no, about no, it is a, it's it's a cash grab because if your country if your country if your if your country was uh, you know participating in the World Cup. Yeah. They're gonna they're 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 gonna be willing to pay more for the TV rights. TV I mean, rights, yeah. So, Panini so I mean, stickers right there, right? So I mean, it, like assuming, like, let's say for example, India make it or China make China, it. China, yep. I was gonna say China. So you 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 know they're gonna pay top you know top you know top dollar to FIFA to 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 be able to you know uh, you know televise or you know to get rights and stuff like that for that. I mean, you know, when, you know, when countries now granted, um, you know, TV, TV, you know, TV rights get, you know, uh, negotiated. I mean, they don't get negotiated every, every four years, you know, um, you know, like for example, I think the country that pays out the most to FIFA for TV rights is the U S market because you have a strong English, uh, English, uh, market, obviously. And you also have a strong, um, Spanish you know, market like, you know, Univision and stuff like that. So, I mean, I can see why if it would do that, but oh. I'm kind of with, but I'm kind of with Coil on this, that it's, that's just too much, you know, 40, oh, nice. 48, 48 teams. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the Panini book keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Pretty soon it's going to look like the, the old encyclopedias. Those panini stickers are pretty expensive now. They're like fifty cents <laughs> for like five, man. It's like yo. <laughs> you can end up with like fifty of some some Chinese too you never heard of. Yeah, you goats are you goats are gonna be happy. <laughs> <laughs> you, goats are, you goats are gonna be pretty happy, man. Uh-oh. Oh Chivas just scored. Let's go. Ninetieth minute. At the buzzer beater, uh, I'm trying to see who scored. I think it was Alexis Vega. Wow, that is a big, big, big goal. Might put Wait, us in Ligia. Oh god, they just flashed the they just flashed the uh, the board. Eight minutes of stoppage though, so it's gonna be. I'm pretty, you know, psyched about you know, uh, profe. Our, our our profe should be very happy about this, you know. Two rayas, two teams. Oh yeah, <laughs> two teams rayas. It was a beautiful yeah. uh, give and go, and uh, it was Alexis Vega who put it away. So Chivas up two one, ninetieth minute with about eight minutes of stoppage coming up. So eight minutes of of suffering. Um, hey, 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 but going back to this, uh, this real quick last last comment yeah. for me on this con- this conversation is sort of like uh, the outrage is sort of. Uh, convenient it's on and off because you hear about molitor which is you know taking or taking the product a mexican product to the united states to a different country just to get dollars out of mexicans and not having games in the actual country of mexico where you know there's plenty of mexican fans over there they're just not they're just not putting down the dollar but nobody complains about that too much. They just make fun of, oh, it's like a worthless type of game versus, you know, someone who, who you know, like Central American team or South American team. But, uh, but no one complains about that. No one goes outrageous or, you know, outrageous about that. Yeah, or, or they take... complain. It's, but it doesn't stop people from going and, and seeing those games. My, yeah, my, exactly. posi- my, my position on the Moleto games is that I always thought that it was a smart move for the for the, for the clubs because – they used to take. They used to have their exhibition games. They used to go to Cancun, Acapulco, 
you know, different, different, you know, resort areas, especially like during the winter break and, and play exhibition games. So, I mean, the fact that they could take those exhibition games or preseason games and take them and, and play them in the U S and make money. I mean, is I, there really, I think that's more you know, towards the, uh, we're talking about the national team though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because the national right. team should deserve a little bit of criticism. You know, you play more games in the states than you do in your own country, and that's kind of messed up. Um, but that's where the money is. Yeah, yeah, the money's here. And and people in Mexico are the ones that you know. They're the ones that we see complain about this super league stuff. They're well, the ones that benefit from the from the Mole Tour because they live in the states. So it's like. <laughs> You know, it's convenient it for me. If, if I'll accept, I'll accept. You know, capitalism, corruption, whatever. I, but I, if it's not convenient for me, I'm going to speak out in outrage. I got it. And you know the. Oh, go ahead. I mean, you go first. Oh, I just had a. Oh, just on the money. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> just on the money, uh, the cheeky said it's on. It's on the money, and and you do see a lot of these fans complaining. But all these clubs sold out a long time ago you know, in, in Europe, foreign investors. And if that hadn't happened, a lot of these teams wouldn't be as big as they are now. And so it, it is, to me, hypocritical how they're complaining. But, you know, your team, your league wouldn't be as relevant if it wasn't for all this money coming in. And for the most part, uh, you know, it's it's losing money. Uh, you know, if when you see like Barcelona and and all these other big clubs that are still in the red, and and they're finding a way of of being more profitable, and and you're kind of hating on that, you know. So it's it's I do I feel a bit of a hypocrisy there. Yeah, I understand both camps. You know, if you're trying to attract the like, casual, like there's a lot of people I, I work with or know. They don't follow the sport as religiously as I do. Um, but a Champions League match, you know, say a, a Real Madrid versus, you know, Liverpool, it does catch their eye and they, they're actually interested in watching those kind of games, especially now like Mbappe and Haaland being, you know, huge icons. And I think FIFA, like the game, the video game FIFA, has really helped bring in like casuals to just even just be intrigued in the sport. Um, and they, they follow the, I feel like more people now follow the players than they do clubs. So I understand for those people, the Super League is a huge attraction and like they don't really care. They don't really care about the history of the sport. They don't understand relegation. It's hard for them to keep up. So having like a league where they're all playing each other week in and week out for them, I can see how that could be appealing. But I do got to ask, like, do you think that kind of takes away the spark? You know, because like it's like you your parents telling you, hey, we're going to go to Daisyland. And like that's a really big deal because you only go like once every few years. But what if you had like a season pass and you get to go every week? It's like it's not the same thrill like seeing these, you know, uh, Real Madrid versus Barca or uh, uh, Man United versus, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like you kind of lose the thrill if it's every week. Well, I mean, we could, again, we could go back to NBA and, and NFL, you know. People haven't stopped watching those leagues and it's they don't really go and play other teams from other countries. It's, you know. But, so, uh, but uh, sorry to interrupt there, but yeah, yeah no, go ahead. The, the, the thing is, I mean, I understand the the point that you're trying to make there, Jaime, about you know 
that you think that it'll be saturated. But on the same token, if you're Real Madrid, if you're Barcelona, you know, and 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 take away international play, you really have three three. You know, uh, well, if you're Real Madrid, if you're Barcelona, if you're Atletico, you really have only two two uh, match days where, okay, boom, we're gonna get to play Atletico de Madrid or we're gonna get to play you know Barcelona, and then every other week you're you're playing against what Levante, you're you're playing against you know Granada, Ibar, Granada, Getafe, or whatever you know, Valladolid, and, <laughs> and not not well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and obviously something you know, most of those teams are are always gonna be career you know mid table teams. You know, with the occasional, you know, uh, you know, run a good run from a team like you know Sevilla or whatever. But so I mean, if you're in Spain, okay, well, you're gonna get to see midweek every midweek. You know, Arsenal. You're gonna get to see uh, Tottenham. You're gonna get to see you know Juventus. You're gonna be able to see you know uh, a, 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 a a better team, let's say, than what you're normally facing mm-hmm. in your own league. So, I mean, I, I, I okay, I, I, I understand I can that. See, yeah, you know. So, so I mean, I, 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 I don't. I, I just think you know, you know, if you're a casual soccer fan, you know, if you're a casual soccer fan. I, I just I just think that you know Real Madrid or Barcelona or Atletico de Madrid, you know, playing against all these other teams. I think that's I think that I, I think you'll get more viewers because I mean, really, I mean, what's so attractive about watching, like you said, Granada versus you know, Getafe, Getafe or whatever, you know, it's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially in Spain, where the division of power is is so bad. At least in England, everybody has a really good, decent TV bundle price. You know. Yeah. But yeah. but but, but yeah. even like for example, in, in 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 like in a league like the Deutsch, you know, like the Bundesliga, where you know on paper it's supposed to be a little bit more, you know, equitable. You know, it's not because you know that there's only what three teams that really are able to compete in that league in, and it's, you know, Bayern, it's Dortmund, you know? So I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I, I don't, I'm, I, I'm okay if it happens because I know that it can bring in more money and you're, and you would be able to, you know, trickle down some of that money into the lower leagues and into the, into the league in general, you know? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it is official. Chivas have beaten Monterrey. And with that victory, they are in ninth, and they are technically in repechaje with two matches left. Holy smokes, what a big victory for Vucetich. I never doubted you, Vucetich. <laughs> they got a tough one, right? They have Atlas and Tigres, I believe. What about America? What position are they in? Uh, you already know, man. They're in second. <laughs> only only second. because uh, they had to uh, forfeit the match against Atlas, or else they'd be in first place. Uh, but... yeah. Mesa. Mesa. They lost, you know, Juego de Mesa. I remember a couple couple of weeks ago, the transmission, uh, they had El Perro Bermudez and Yarel Bambam. 
yeah. and Bermudez, you know, it's like, Mesa, Mesa, que Mesa. Oh, that song is legendary. <laughs> it is, it is. But yeah, he was making reference to the uh, how they lost the match, you know, because of the people, you know, that sit behind the desk. And, uh, I mean, while we're all talking about America, I mean, everybody was really hyping up this Clásico joven, you know, uh, they were both on winning streaks. Cruzul uh, and America tied 1-1. Uh, I think, I mean, if the league was to end today, and uh, I kind of, I would have to give it to America, and the reason being is because, I mean, America went into that game really with four with four injuries, right? Um, like Sebastian Cordova, you had Benedetti, which Benedetti obviously hasn't been, you know, uh, reliable because you know he's been a lot you know injury prone uh and then you also lost Chucho what's his name um Chucho Lopez um and then I I think that even with the losses that America had I didn't see Cruz Azul being superior to them and obviously Cruz Azul had you know had their you know I think they had one guy missing but pretty much they had their entire squad so even even with those, even with with you know the, uh, the setbacks, the, the missing players, yeah. Set, except I, I would have to give I would have to give America the edge because obviously they had those players you know that were injured or missing, and on top of that, I mean obviously everybody's talking about you know the what is it the twelve you know uh, you know twelve game winning streak, but even then if America would have you know if America wouldn't have lost those points they 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 would have. It was they would be lead, uh, league leaders, so I don't know. I'm I'm feeling somewhat comfortable with uh with America, you know, at being a a top contender. You know, I'm not going to say that they're going to win it because you know they need to be healthy, but even with a de- depleted team, I think they have what it takes to at least get to the semifinals. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean. It's uh it's really unfortunate. We were actually you, you actually get remind me uh that you know before that match there was the return leg of these uh Conca Champions matches and in that match America uh lost at home to Olympia and it was just a disgusting uh act out there with with some of these players, you know, getting some really like violent tackles and uh I don't even think one of them got a red card or sent off for for those tackles and uh, unfortunately, one of the America's players got like a fractured leg. So, I mean, this is – and then they, they had the balls to go on Twitter the next day and say, yeah, we're, we agree with the referee. Uh, nothing wrong here. <laughs> and uh, no, they, they, even, they even came out and said that uh, one of their players was – you know, had a dirty tackle against them from the, from the America. Uh, that's the right. Guys. Yeah, they said, hey, uh, we didn't say anything about the last week when – you guys went in on us. I'm like, oh my god, dude! Why'd you even tweet this? This is embarrassing. Uh, so yeah, America came into that that matchup kind of on the injured reserve there, um, but they did go through on aggregate. And uh, Cruz Azul, you know, I had told you guys that uh, the the team from IT wasn't going to be able to to make the flight because it was 150k, but uh, they made the flight and got beat eight <laughs> zero. They got an eight zero beating. And I think one of their players uh, even uh, deflected, and they decided to not even play. 
Uh, they just landed in Mexico Max, and right? he, huh? Went to TJ or something. He he left, man. He straight up landed on Mexican soil and dipped from the team. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a video of him like uh, smoking and like singing or something in a, in a in a car? I don't know if that was him. No, it was a tweet <laughs> was like, like celebrating. It was like uh, I forgot his name, but this is him right now eating like uh, like chicken. And he was just like eating chicken, like licking his fingers and just like having a great time. <laughs> oh yeah, so uh let's see who's left after these fixtures. Atlanta versus Philadelphia, Toronto versus Cruz Azul, Portland versus America, and Rayados versus Columbus. Uh if you guys don't remember, there was four Mexican teams, but unfortunately Leon uh shot the bed and they Get eliminated in the quarterfinals like they did last year against LAFC. And uh, Joel, if I don't, rem- if I, if I'm not mistaken, I thought you you had predicted Leon was gonna was gonna have a dub a deep I run, did. man. I did, man. I thought they was gonna put all their marvels into this tournament. Ah, I got it wrong, man. Second one, America was my first big. I think they had big, their, their big guy. Uh, they had their starting lineup, didn't they? Ah, don't matter. Don't, don't matter, Tiki. I mean... Well, some other people didn't, like uh, Cruz... Uh, who, who was the team? I forget the team. Mon, uh, maybe no, it was America. I, no, Cruz Azul didn't. But, but my take was that they were going to, like, just put put their marbles into that tournament. Uh, yeah. You know, try to try to get Leon more of that international, get him at a club's World Cup and whatnot. Because um, I, I think, and we've heard about Nacho wanting to to coach abroad, uh, at least there's been rumors, and that's that's one of the ways to do it. You know, win win this tournament, get to that club's World Cup, and and show what you got. Exactly, but, that's how you get eyeballs uh, on you. <clears throat> yes, I guess not, man. They had the tougher. Not. They had the tougher opponent out of all the Mexican clubs, and they had the MLS. True team which uh, you know the rivalry MLS is not going to go they're they are going to put everything into that game against their sub against it's the next pretty rival. decent MLS team as, as much yeah, as yeah, I defend Mex, Mex coaches I just can't I can't defend uh, Nacho here man yeah uh, I, but I, I still I, I still think fans exaggerate a bit and, and diminish what he's accomplished in the league and uh, you know they'll say that oh well he sucks because he couldn't do this but I mean, it's that's that's the thing about these tournaments where one bad game, you know, it it, it costs you the whole thing. I, I I'm more I'm more likely to judge him on the whole season uh, performance than you had one or two bad games. Yeah, and Leon had the benefit of having the two legs. You know, the first leg they tied one one at home, and then the second leg. Uh, they didn't let the Mexicans play in Canada, so they ended up having to play in uh, the Disney Resort in Florida. So I was kind of thrown off about that. I'm like, this does not look like Toronto. What's going on over here? It's sunny and <laughs> and there's a there's a Mickey Mouse on the on the corner there. I'm like, oh, okay, they're playing in Florida. Uh, so yeah, Toronto Players will. We're more interested in el shopping. <laughs> yeah, Toronto with uh, uh, Bradley. That's the arch nemesis of Mexico. Uh he he was on that pitch and he's you know he's one of the big big names at that club. They're going to play against Cruz Azul next, so 
that should be a good matchup, good test for for Cruz Azul. I they're they're the one team I don't really have faith in. You know, if you look at uh, America and Rayados, I think they can hold their own. But I don't know, man. There's just something about Cruz Azul I just don't trust. I don't trust. I, I could actually see Toronto beating them. Yeah, see, I, I get the impression more so in the recent years that MLS pretty much kicks out every single Mexican league team out of the tournament, except the, the eventual Final. champion. <laughs> except for the champion who goes and beats the MLS team in the end and wins the title. But we'll see how it turns out. So, Yeah, and they've gotten close, you know. They've gotten close. I know with Chivas, they, they had to go to penalties against Toronto to win that final. And then obviously we saw what happened last year with with Tigres and uh, and LAFC. Yeah, so I mean it was it was a tight one, but yeah, I mean, Aaron, every year they 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 make a big deal every time they knock out a Mexican club. Uh, but I still am confident that either Rayados or America can get the job done. Joel. Yes, sir. So uh, Bertie told me that. Uh, we have opponents for the Olympics. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. I, I don't think it looks good, man. My fighter senses tells me it's it's three and out. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, woke up this morning to a uh, whole tweeting or tell, you know, telling us about the draw. And uh, do you remember uh, who's in our group? Yes, I remember. Yes, and, and this is the order, and this is a big reason as well. So as I was saying, uh, when we were doing the predictions, I said the rival and then the order of the rivals. Uh, I, that's how I, that's what I base. And so Mexico, as the saying goes, le tocó bailar con la más fea, and they opened up <laughs> against France. And France has been one of those teams that Mexico traditionally struggles against. And it's one of those teams that have also been, you know, they have very talented players, also very physically strong players. And it just, it's just a bad opponent to, to open it up, you know, to, to start the tournament with. So right there, it's, it's France. And then they go up against the Amphitryon, uh, Japan. And then I believe it's South Africa, though. That's right. Where they closed. But it won't matter. But the consolation <laughs> prize match the, against South Africa. <laughs> they lost the first two, um, or felt you know it. It could be so. It's it's tough, man. I see it a very tough. Uh, it's a tough group. Meanwhile, yeah, it's possible, but I still see it. It's, it's, outcome, I don't see it. Uh, and and just to give you guys, everyone perspective right now. Meanwhile, Honduras, the team that we beat. In the Paralimpico, uh, they got in a group with New Zealand, Korea, and Romania. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that would have been more to the liking. So and, like, Korea's not that not 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 that easy. The, these these teams like Japan, Korea, I know they're not historically strong, but they haven't been weak for a long time. Uh, you could go back to even two thousand two when they hosted the World Cup. Uh, you know, but these teams have, they're just in a weak region, but those two teams have been, you know, they'll, they'll put up a good fight. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a tough one, but I don't know what it is about the group stage that I always feel 
like you know they always they always uh rule us out you know it happened in south africa uh, south africa when we were in a group with uh what was it uruguay yeah, no. france and in france and yeah open up against uh i believe they opened up against south uh, africa post yeah and that was that was a tough group because going into that world cup uh you know so you already have france and uruguay that are just I mean, France was the runner-up in 06. Yeah. Yeah, they're traditionally stronger than Mexico. And then you're playing the host, and you have this co-historic thing where no World Cup host had ever been eliminated in group stage. Uh, and that was the first time that that a host failed to get out of the group stage. You know what was funny not, about that? Not for fun fact. What, what happened? <laughs> uh, in, uh, there was... I, you know, when South Africa got eliminated in the group stages, um, it was uh, me. There was a guy from Notimex, a, a, a photographer, and another photographer uh, based in, from LA, but uh, worked for Prensa Internacional. And um, we had, you know, for I don't know how many games, you know, we we pulled our resource, our money, and we had a, a private uh, a private chauffeur. And uh, <laughs> the day after South Africa got uh, eliminated, <laughs> the guy from Notimex, he just kept he just kept hounding the the, the driver, like you know. Oh really? We, we would, yeah. So we would just drive. We're driving. I think I, I don't remember what what other city we were driving to, and then he's like, "Hey, hey, stop, 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 stop! Roll down the window." And it's a guy on the side of the street, you know, selling like football, you know, pair, you know, gear, whatever. And then it's like, ask, he'd say, ask him, you know, ask him for the, how much is the South African jersey? You know, uh, I think the Bufana Bufana. So the guy then would, you know, translate, all right, whatever. Ask him half off because they're eliminated. <laughs> yeah. So, so then, and then like we, <laughs> like I'm trying to hold, I'm trying to keep it together. So then, uh, he would roll up the window, would take off, and it's like, and his name, his name was Bernie, right? Bernie, come on. Did you cry? What? When Bufana Bufana got eliminated, did you cry? You know. <laughs> so he just for like four or five hours. The guy from North Mexico. Damn. Damn. That's a long that's a long rose, bro. That's almost abused there, right, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> I mean burning you it was for shits and giggles, you know? But but yeah. still because he would he would make just about every conversation kinda like what you know, what, what, what they do to fight this one, you know, where yeah. they just remind him it's a constant reminder. Everything, you know, with Bernie was a constant reminder. The guy would constantly remind him that his team was eliminated. <laughs> it's like an ongoing joke. Totally... That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. And keep yeah, in mind, yeah. keep in mind, we kept, you know, we had him as, as our private, you know, uh, chauffeur for like, man, like two weeks. Oh, you know, man. Because, you know, because, because the, the shuttle buses and the media shuttle buses, they were just so unreliable that we said, you know what? Uh, screw this. Dude, we got to, have our own you know that's crazy yeah i just i just uh that's, you know that's funny hey man some quick uh yes 
I'm looking up the uh, path to qualification for France and, and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of, I guess, France in 2019, the U20 championship for UEFA. That's how they qualified. Um, they came in second. They beat, uh, they beat England and, uh, wait, where is it? They beat England and then they beat Croatia. Um, but I mean, just by, by barely. And then they tied Romania. And then they got spanked by Spain in the uh, semifinals. So they weren't too, really too impressive. Dembele scored one of the goals in, uh, against Croatia for the win. Japan, who of course is already qualified. Because they're the hosts. They, yeah. Yeah, they, 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 they played still, though. <laughs> and they lost two of the games. One against Saudi Arabia. Mm. And the other against Syria. And then they tied Qatar. Uh, so, Interesting. so that's, I mean, not really impressive. They're already, already qualified, so I don't know what kind of effort they put through that, but uh, on Wait, paper. Japan, Japan's not host. Yeah, they are. It's in Tokyo. Oh, you still, you still, you still, I'm thinking World Cup. I'm thinking World Cup. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, like host still has to qualify. Um, well, they, you know, they like qualify the ref, by the being ref will eventually do on your favor, you know? I'm not saying they'll, they'll, they'll um cheat but but they usually i think more, there's more cause will go on your favor yeah that's that's obvious the, i uh... guess the question is you know will they even have fans at the stadium because i mean that's the big you know that's that's part of the the perks of hosting is you have the fans on your side but if you know i know with tokyo and japan they've been taking it very seriously in fact i don't even think they're going to be allowing uh you know tourists to go see the olympics so I don't know how, you know, if, if that will even play a factor in these matches, you know, the home field advantage, other than us having to wake up at the butt crack of dawn to watch these freaking games, <laughs> like four in the morning, six in the morning, if you're central, man, it's going to be a rough one. So kind of going over the match 15 results. Uh, it started off pretty boring with Necaxa and Querétaro and Mazatanatas. They both ended in nil-nil. And then the Super Camotes, man. They went in on Atlético San Luis 4-1. And, of course, Santiago Ormeño continuing to score. And Super Camotes, if I'm not mistaken, they are sitting right behind América in third place with 26 points. And they are looking scary good. We have some news about Ormeño. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, you know Chivas are interested in trying to get him. I think they've been listening to our podcast. Yeah, man, I've been calling for this dude, but but the whole Peru thing still lingers, you know. And and Tata, man, Tata's being a bully, talking about one dimensional, <laughs> you know. So I I don't blame Ormeño if he did take a call up just because. It's it's one of those opportunities that rarely come up, that chance to to play for a national team or, or to play at the international level. So I I wouldn't blame him. But well, don't you think his chances of going to World Cup are easier in Mexico over Peru? No, they are. But but if Tata's saying, dude, you you know you're not, you don't take what my fancy. What is he gonna do? Just let an opportunity pass him by? I so mean, you think? So you think- so you think Areca would be more willing to, you know, to 
Take him? I don't know. I honestly I don't know. I because I, I haven't heard anything from Gareca. I know I know um what was his name? Uribe was uh, Cruz Azul, also Perano. Uh, Reynoso. Reynoso. Yeah, Reynoso, Reynoso. I don't know Yeah, Reynoso and he was talking about how he would you know, he was saying good stuff and and just saying like, you know, promoting him for, for Peru. I mentioned last time, I think, that he was on a preliminary list of, I forget how many players, like 30 or something. For um, Peru? Yeah. Mm. Didn't I say that last time? I think you did, I yeah. Remember. So he's, he's, he's sort of visible there, but we'll have to see what results out of that. I think it's a, it's a big a big slap to the face though if you know if Chivas actually tr- sign him what's that you know what does that say for Tata no. Martino you know it's like hey like we believe in this guy more than you do like we made him convert to you know cuz obviously if he's agreeing to the contract no, but, 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 if, but if Chivas had the same options that Tata has uh, I'm sure they wouldn't get Ormeño either mm. you know they could you know what yeah. I mean any any, any old bench former can go to Chivas man Oh, oh. <laughs> we're talking about one of the hottest Mexican strikers in the league right now. He is. He is. It's but not, I mean, he's not like, uh, I don't know if they could choose him or Chicharro or, or like Cabela. This isn't like Landine or, or, uh, who was the other no. guy from Cruz Azul? El, uh... It's less, less than Landine, man. Oh Landin my God. Landine at least made it to, uh, to a call up to the, you know, the World Cup. Or to the uh, Olympic qualifiers, he made it to the national team a little bit. He also got a nominated for uh, uh, what is that? Uh, the 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 goal of the year. He got nominated by FIFA. A Polska is it Polska? Polska. Polska. Yeah, it's like when they vote for the vo- goal of the year. He had that scorpion kick. He scored. He couldn't even believe he did it. That was the highlight of Landin's career. But uh. I think if Chivas can sign Ormeño or at least, you know, get into negotiations with him, that'd be a big a big dub, not just for Chivas, but for the national team. I've said this time and time again that, you know, we don't really have that much depth in the striker uh depth chart. You know, if you if you really think about it realistically, Raul Jimenez is we don't know. He's wearing headgear right now, so you know, we don't know if he's gonna be able to play or be even at the level he was before his head you know, his head injury. You look at Macias, who's obviously, you know, the the big name right now. He'll probably end up going to the Olympics, so we're not going to be able to use him for the Copa de Oro, which leaves us with like Henry Martin, Alan Pulido, as far as like strikers with experience. And then after that, it's a free for all. I mean, people are already starting to call Chicharito back just because he scored two goals for LA Galaxy. Like, come on, man, <laughs> that's how bad our depth chart is. You can't be, you know, kicking away Ormeño just because. He's one-dimensional. He's scoring goals. At the end of the day, that's what you need, right? Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, no. Oh, Chicharito. Uh, He's taking it serious, man. He's got his life coach, you know, working. (laughs) He's got his life coach working, uh, you know, extra time. You know, he's in shape, dude. You know, he he he's putting the hours in the gym, and um, like you know, I've I've always, 
you know, one of the things that I've always agreed with, you know, uh, you know, Cesar, Cesar Menotti is, you know, he doesn't believe in, uh, you know, old players and young players. He just believes in good players and bad players, you know? So if Chicharito's 35 and he can still produce, he can still produce if he's, you know, if, if you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't care about the age. I just care that they're still productive. Yeah, it's yet to be seen, though. I think, like, all the tweets I saw were uh, if he continues down this path of playing well. Not right now. Like, if a call-up and the decision needed to be made right now, then probably not Chicharito would be. But if he starts lighting it up in the MLS for the next few games or so, then, yeah, he could probably be good consideration. Yeah. I knew this was going to happen. I knew he was going to have a better sophomore year in the MLS. And I knew he was going to take it serious and start scoring goals. And I knew that, like, all of a sudden, you know, you guys made fun of him for a year. And now we're calling his name to come back. And, you know, that's just how it goes, you know. When you're hot, you're hot, you know, and you get called up. And when you're not hot, you still get called up. Because what what was Tata doing calling up Pulido and and Pizarro? You know, it's just questionable. Um, But I will not be surprised if, you know, Chicharito continues to score goals for Galaxy that we'll see his name pop up for the uh, the Copa de Oro uh, for this summer. He did call it, Jaime. He uh, says, now that he's single, he's, he's going to, you know, <laughs> he produces more as a, as a, um, yeah. as a people local, you know, than when he scores. When he's scoring off the field, oh, he's scoring on the field. He's scoring everywhere. He's scoring on the field. Se la está metiendo. We have some news again uh, regarding Tijuana. They lost to Chivas 2-0. Uh, we had talked about how they had fired their coach. And they have announced Siboldi as, as the new head coach. The coach that couldn't get the job done at Cruz Azul. Now he's at Tijuana and... Yet again, this this cycling, this recycling, this coach circus. What do you guys? Well, I mean, Tivoli. It, it, it seems like he always leaves a team like in questionable condition, you know. Whether it's with Santos because he, you know, got into a round of fisticuffs with a yeah with, with a couple players, right? And then obviously, you know, the way he left with Cruz Azul. So I don't know. I mean, he. I think, uh, I mean, he, he's done fairly well, but I, 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 it just seems to me that his cycles end always in these weird ways. That's, that's true, Ron. I, I, I had skipped that because I have been quite a fanboy for Sivaldi since I saw what he did at, at Santos, you know, the way he took over the team and then how, how they won the league. You know, he pretty much beat all the top teams that season. Um, and then it surprised me when he went to Veracruz. It just seemed like two steps back from yeah. where, or even more, you know, from, from you know, going from a, a league win to a team that wasn't even paying the players. And then, uh, yeah, the whole Cruz Azul thing, the way he left with, the directiva and, and these allegations of of fraud or match fixing, and and same with um, yeah the fighting at Santos as you mentioned, uh, 
so yeah, it's it's a bit of both there. You know, speaking of speaking of coaches, I just uh, saw on my Twitter feed that uh, La Selecta, you know, El Salvador, uh, no longer is uh, basically fired uh, Carlos de los Cobos. Yeah, again, I think he's been with them like three times now. You know, I, I, you know, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think De Los Cobos once said that the, one of the reasons why he doesn't really get a lot of offers in Mexico is because he doesn't have a an, an agent. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I've always, I've always seen, you know, obviously he know, you know, we know the conditions that uh, that he has to deal with in El, in El Salvador, you know. I'm just, and he, I mean, he's done pretty well, you know, considering, you know, the limited resources. I personally would like to see, you know, less Ceboldis and more, you know, more Carlos de los Cobos get, you know, more opportunities in Liga MX. Nah, we're, we're alone there, Ron. I know, Ron. I know. There's I know. a big, big contingent of, of bringing the foreigner because they have the fresh ideas. I was, I was telling it, it reminds me of those movies where you have like a white teacher going to the inner city <laughs> the, the POC how to read and write and, and then the kids in turn show him like no how to dance or dress better <laughs> that's kind of the oh same oh my way. god like, no, the but... teacher from around here can help us I don't no, I, I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're saying because it, it seems like, you know, and like Piojo, has, you know, Piojo Herrera said, has said this. A lot of people have said this, that it seems that, you know, if you go in there with an Ar you know, Argentine accent, it seems like, you know, it seems like it, it lends your, it lends itself to, to having more credibility, which isn't really always the case, you know? Yeah. Uh, because prior, you know, prior to, the, you know, less than 10 years ago, you know, it was the Mexican tea club, you know, coaches that were having more success. But it just seems that, you know, obviously, you know. Well, a lot, like you said, Ron, a lot of these players that could have been coaches, they opted to be in TV. Yeah. And that, that that's also, also hurt. That, mm -hmm. that's, that's also, you know, that's also, you know, a. Uh, you know, uh, a reason I, I, in fact, I don't remember which player recently, ex player recently said that, you know, he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't care to go into coaching because of the instability. Yeah. So, I know Campos was one of them. Yeah. Campos was one of the guys that said that why he wouldn't, what? he There's said like he wouldn't even be allowed to coach the team. He said like they, they wouldn't post so many stuff on him. And, mm. and at the end of the day, if things went wrong, he would be the the first one blamed. I feel like there's um, a lot of job security at Mexico, though. Like once you start in the carousel, oh, if you have, I mean, because you get you fired, but you get hired again. I mean, look at look at Tomas depends. boy. I, yeah, but but like it, the agent, because there's been coaches like Travieso Guzman, and they disappeared, you know, and other coaches like Tiburon Sanchez that, you know, he he had that one good season. In uh, second division, uh, I think it's ah oh, man, I keep forgetting the name. It was it was um the the team, from... team that was linked to Nayarit, or was it? Uh... Yeah, I think it was them. I, it's I, a little I... guy with a with a with, with a hat. hat. Yeah, <laughs> with I... like a sombrero. 
I really I recently posted uh maybe about a month ago. Um it was the list of the coaches uh, or, pl- or players, some active, that recently got their their coaching uh, licenses. So, I mean, there was quite a list, you know, yeah. of players. I think I think most of them were from Cruz Azul and Pachuca. If I'm not mistaken, I'll, I'd have to find. I have to look at my tweet history, you know. But yeah, you know, and I, I think Liga MX should do something. Uh, Jaime had told us about this new rule in Brazil, and mm-hmm. clubs are are not allowed to. Think more than two coaches a year, I believe. Um, and so I, I think Lee MX could use something like that because it's, it's, you know, just the amount of time you get could be very little. A lot of times, like you, you don't have that much chance to to succeed. You you get like like a month sometimes. You get like you know four games maybe. Uh huh. Um, sorry guys, I had to step out for a second, but <clears throat> where were we? I was talking about the, the Brazilian rule you, you told uh, us about, uh, two coaches per year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was saying Max needs something like that. Just, just because man, it's, it's... to give continuity to Vucetic because yeah. I have been on this <laughs> crazy roller coaster, man. If it was me. Oh god, he would have been gone a long time ago, and then who knows where we'd be at right now. Well, for me, it's just for the younger coaches because I feel like we bury a lot of them. Uh, you know, they don't get much of a shot, and then and then they get that stigma of oh well, he sucked, and it's like he was only at the job for like a month. Yeah, you know, he, Paco Palencia. Very, very little time to show. Yeah, uh, yeah, Puente Junior. A lot of these guys that, that it just becomes very difficult for them. And I think I think that does hurt the league in the long run, uh, just because I, I like Ron. I, I believe there's a lot of talent there, but you know, as fans, we we demonize the, our own the, the own Mexican coach. We'll say that they suck or not not good. Like uh, the stuff I read about, like Nacho and and um, and Piojo, and it's it's from fans, and it's like. They disregard like all, all of what they've done in the league and make it seem as if it's simple. Some of the records they set. Yeah, speaking about coaches, uh, we want to talk about the Tigres Pumas match, nil nil. I don't know if Chick is still on, but wanted to hear his thoughts on the the cat fight. Um, no, that was pretty. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, game by Pumas. Uh, the refing, I think, uh, the when the ball gets near the, uh, the, the sideline or the end line, it's really hard. Uh, I think VAR came into play twice and annulled one of the goals for Pumas, which I think was incorrect. Ooh. There was another play. There was another play on the other end for Tigres. Um, which they called the same thing, which I, I thought was incorrect as well. It's very close. Like the ball, per the rule, right? The ball has to totally not touch or be vertical with the sideline. So that means like the very edge. So it, the ball is a circle, right? So 
you could potentially have the bottom of the ball not even touch the line, but the side of it can be above it. And I think that was the case. For, oh, interesting. For both of those plays. So that should have actually been a goal. But yeah, that was tough, tough <sighs> game. So what is the rule on that? Like if the ball cross, like the does the entire ball have to cross the line in order for it to be considered a goal? Or is it like more than 50% of the ball has to be? Like I really don't even know what the goal line is. The way I understood it is the whole, yeah, the whole ball has to be across the line. So oh. if you look at it direct from directly above, there'll be a gap between the, the white line and then the, the edge of the ball. Got it. You'll see a gap. So you can have it on the line, like halfway off the line. You know, it was pretty close though, so I don't blame him too much for making the mistake. But it looked like it was still within the within the field of play. And with that, Pumas are just right on the cusp. Seventeen points. They're in thirteenth position, right below Mazatlan. Meanwhile, Tigres are in uh, 10th place with 19 points. So, I mean, a lot of these games are going to come down to the to the wire, maybe to the last game of the season to see uh, who ends up in repechaje. Uh, but w- with Tigres news, uh, it seems like Ferretti is uh, not going to be renewing his contract, and there's more and more steam picking up with uh, Piojo Herrera uh, coming in as the, as the suit. And... I don't know. For me, that just feels so wrong. You know, I think about the great matchups between Tigres and America. And, you know, I guess if you can compare, you know, these two rivalries, it's like Arsene Wenger with Arsenal versus like Sir Alex Ferguson and Manchester United. I would just feel so dirty and wrong if Arsene Wenger, Wenger ended up coaching, you know, Man United. It's just, it's just, no, I don't. How do you guys feel about Piojo Herrera, be, be, you know, taking over Tigres? That might that wouldn't be too bad, I guess. That wouldn't be like a uh, a downgrade, like Joel says, with uh, Piojo going to Tijuana, uh, Piojo to Tigres, taking over the reins of the great Tuca. Wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. I mean, he's had such a legendary career, and I feel like he should have retired after they won the Club World Cup, maybe after the Club World Cup final against Bayern Munich. I think he should have just said, all right, I'm out, you know, uh, to to end on a high note. You don't want to end, you know, sort of limping into the end of the season. Maybe you're in Ligia, maybe you're not, and then you already have somebody – uh looking at where they're going to put their furniture in your own house. You're like, Hey man, I haven't even moved out yet. <laughs> like, yo, slow down, man. So I don't know. I just kind of feel like having Pio Herrera take over Tigres. It'd be, it'd be very, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Would. Joel, are you yeah, still I, there? I do. I do. Yeah. I do think Pio would do good, but uh, I'm disappointed a bit. <laughs> I would have, like, because I wanted, I you know, I want, I want more Mexicans abroad. And where is he gonna um, go, man? I MLS. You know, I know, I know. Most fans don't like that idea, but there's not that many options. And I, I, I think you need to find 
like look look at Argentines. You'll find Argentine coaches and even like Central American leagues, you know, that you know, it doesn't matter how low they might be, but it's just like there's that willingness to go work anywhere. And I, I think uh, we're lacking that with, with our with our coaches where they just stay, they still just stay in Mex. And, and I, I get it because they get paid well, but this league, they could get paid well too. And I just think it's, it's not a bad place to at least get different, you know, a, a different, different, uh, just perspective on the game. And, and there's been coaches here that have gone to Europe, you know, so there's no, or, or even maybe even take over a national team. Like, like we were just talking about De Los Cobos who was at, you know, with El Salvador. And so there's, there's some decent teams there where you, you could at least get to the World Cup too, man. Be it in Honduras or Costa Rica. I could see my Costa Rica. Or, or Jamaica, whatever. But, yeah. Um, just get out there, man. Start start spreading the seeds, man. Wings. I should say wings. I said seeds. Um, <laughs> no, but, no we'll, we'll see too because you want to grow. You know, you want to. Yeah. You put in a good name when you see other countries, when you hear, oh, they're bringing in a player from Brazil, Argentina. It's always a positive. Fans will see it as a positive just because they've they got such a good image, uh, and there's so many coaches from from those places. But you don't see that from X. There's almost it's almost like none, you know, very little. You just had Aguirre, and then that was it. The only part of me that wants uh, Piojo to go to MLS is so he can get a rematch fight against uh, Ante Razov. <laughs> because <laughs> they got into a little little fight there you know against lafc so uh that's the only reason i would say but you know it could be inevitable if the the superliga returns with uh mexico and, and usa joining forces eventually who knows but i think the reality is tigres will probably be paying him a Pretty substantial amount of money that will not be matched anywhere in the world. I just I'm I'm that confident that you know the money is just too big to to say no. And I am yeah, and, and the team he could build, you know, because he could he could bring in players. Could, yeah, I'd like to see how he handles Gignac. But uh, that's the latest rumor. A couple more fixtures, and we can wrap up. Santos on fire. 3-1, beat Toluca. And uh, there's also uh, a rumor about Eduardo Aguirre, the striker, Mexican striker. There's a rumor that uh, Chivas are trying to get him. Uh, They are not happy with Antuna's uh, discipline. You know, he's had a few incidences off the pitch and then the latest one the latest blow was the interview he did on a youtube channel where he talked about he he wasn't really he didn't really feel like it was important to win trophies at chivas and that he's ready to go to europe and leave and uh it didn't go well you know when he played against tijuana at home every time he touched the ball he got booed uh today he was uh, one of the best players on the pitch for chivas against monterrey and he's a player that you know unfortunately 
you're just going to have to deal with this bad boy behavior because we don't have any other choices. So for him to be, you know, on the rumor mill of returning to Santos in exchange for an unproven prospect that, you know, I'm not going to lie, Aguirre looks good. So does Santiago Munoz. But they're just too green, and you can't give away a, a seleccionado for, for prospects. At least that's my, my take. But Yeah, I just, I'm going to see it as rumors. I really don't see it happening. Uh, and then she was with the rumor what they paid about $11 million. So just that's, that's a player they saw not only long-term, but if he left, it would be to go abroad. So I, I, don't, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't put much stake into the rumors. You would have to have like a big trade, which it will be like maybe to Pachuca for for Guzman, which they're about the same price range, you know, but not not for some unproven Santos kid. Yeah, I was on the shout out to the subreddit of Liga Mekis. Um I was on that subreddit and, you know, every now and then there's people that go in there and say, Hey, you know, I'm new to Mexican football. What's like a, a great team to support. That's like, you know, you're not a, you're not a glory hunter. Like America Chivas. Like I want to have like a team that's exciting to watch with, you know, emphasis on youth and then the most to be a glory hunter to be a Chivas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I mean? It's like when you, if you're neutral, you don't want to support for the teams that already have like the titles. You, you kind of want to have someone that's yeah. like, so uh, the one that was upvoted the most was Santos, you know, because of their, you know, their their recent success. And I do think Santos have a really good thing going right now. You know, they have a lot of young players, a lot of Mexican players. Uh, unfortunately, one of them from Chivas, Alan Cervantes, who should have never left. But, I mean, this team looks young and, and exciting and, you know, they, they do compete. And uh, I guess they are the most neutral because they're not a team that's considered like it's got a lot of haters or anything. They're kind of just there. Uh, we have... Yeah, they... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that used to be Pumas for a long time. Ah, Pumas. And one team is, is good, good team for the neutrals. But I think Santos is a good team. They're just... Because they're, they're very competitive, you know? Yeah. Who would you say is are, are their like biggest rivals? Because I mean they're in Torreon, so I like, think like the north, but they don't really have like yeah, any rivalries, you know? Nah, they don't have it's like the koala. They don't have a natural predator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just think they're No, no one's threatened by by Santos. Uh, that's funny. Um. Monterrey, uh, kind of coming back full circle. They had an interesting match on Sunday against Pachuca. Uh, Funes Mori was looking to break the record, you know, to to get to be the all-time goal scorer for for Monterrey, surpassing Suazo. He had an opportunity right before halftime. He had a penalty. He missed, and uh, that ended up being costly. Pachuca beat them one zero, and then obviously they just lost to us again. So Monterrey are kind of clinging on there in the fourth position trying to get that first round by, but Santos are right under them with the same amount of points with 25. So, uh, uh, I don't know if this is the Aguirre effect, you know, he did get disciplined and he's not with the team right now. So I- I'm sure that has a-, a bit of a weight to it, not being able to be on the, on the sidelines and supporting your team, coaching your team, 
making those adjustments, and uh, they're definitely feeling his absence right now. And there's no word of, of Aguirre's return. So, not sure what's going on there, but uh, they asked Ferretti, you know, you know, he, and he said, hey, I would have done the same thing. It's my son's wedding. I'm not going to miss it. And, uh, I mean, that's just the reality. Um, it's using, using masks or whatever. Yeah. No, and you know, it's it's interesting because I remember reading um, an interview with, with, with Vasco a long time ago. And, you know, they were talking about Maybe not regrets, but what was the most one of the most difficult things of of like coaching abroad? And he said that you know a lot of times he, he didn't spend that much time with his family. Mm. And so you know this was a big event, so for you know I don't think he was gonna miss it. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't miss. Don't miss it, but. Um, no, no line dancing, Chiki. Yeah, you can dance and stuff. He like, <laughs> wanted a Zoom wedding, Chiki. Separate a little bit. <laughs> Zoom and then Use masks, or maybe, like even if don't use masks, but at least have it outside. You know, they were inside. They weren't wearing masks. They weren't really separating. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Like, I don't doubt that he was like, or maybe we already talked about this. That he was like, man, forget this. I'm going to take the punishment. I'm going to do this. This is my son. I'll pay, you know, I'll, what's the saying? It's oh. easier to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. <laughs> yeah, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Yep. I agree. I, I would have done the same thing. Uh, unfortunately, his team has suffered because of, of his selfish decision, but it is what it is. Um, Monterrey will, will be going to Ligia. Whether or not it's a first round buy or not is is uh, is up to them. Uh, if you guys remember last year, uh, they had just missed out on that um, that that first round buy in the last game of the season, and then they this ended up is... they ended up getting knocked out by Puebla, the 12th seed in the first you know in the repechaje. So I don't know if they just had flashbacks of that and they they just want to secure a, a pass. You said you, there's no saying when Aguirre will return to the club. I don't know. They they haven't said. I don't know if it was just like two two weeks. Like okay, because I'm guessing that the, he got disciplined because of you know exposure and risk of getting COVID, and then bringing that to the you know to the team. So I'm assuming that it's a discipline thing, and it's also like a, a quarantine thing. So I'm assuming it'll be the mandatory like 14 days. I'm assuming that's what it is, unless they decide to extend well, they it. The, the big, they got the big Clásico Norteño coming up on the 24th. That's correct, so sir. I think they're gonna want to have him there at the bench, and uh, I, I don't think he'll be there. With all these rumors sparking up, a big, a big win for Rayados could start sealing um, the fate of Tuca. You know, I think it's a big match. That could also play into it, and uh, they would. They have their their games against uh, Columbus for the Champions League, so. He, does need to hurry back. Uh, I think they close the season with Mazatlan, so I, I see Monterrey um, in the big dance, you know. But uh, at the same time, I think just uh, Concacaf champions and 
and that classical, I think they would they would want him back, you know, on the bench. Especially after two defeats, man. You you know you don't want to go into Liguilla with a bad streak. It's all about timing. I've said it time and time again, you know, it's all about timing. You know, what good is a thirteen game winning streak if you go into Ligia with uh, a few losses and then you have the first round by so you're not in rhythm and then you play a team that kind of got hot at the right time and then boom all of a sudden you get knocked out I mean that's just the reality of it and I and I feel like uh, Chivas are starting to turn a page and you know they're starting to to start winning games uh, they also have a big match this Saturday there's two Clásicos you know they got the Atlas versus Chivas and then yeah. Tigres and Monterrey so very, very good matches. You know, Atlas have had a great season uh, for once, and uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens on Saturday. But those are the games to watch this weekend. Uh, fellas, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap this episode up? Yes, I've never lost faith in Buse. I keep telling my chilla hermanos to, you know, keep calm. Um, so yeah, it's the season. It's it's not nothing secure, like you said, Jaime. It's come down to the last match day, and it's not easy. It's it's not easy for the coach. Uh, Atlas is not going to be, you know, it's, it's not like previous Atlas. They were just, you know, whipping boys. They they've been they've been having a really good season, and then Tigres as well. You know, you don't want to go against a, you know. <laughs> Injured, injured tiger. Um, so, but but regardless, I I, I like I like what what Belize is doing with the team. So uh, just just for fellow Chivistas, just more patience, man. You, you could go, you could go go what five seasons without Liguilla. You know, I, I think you could be a bit more patient with with um, I think uh, a proceso that is showing some good stuff so far. Yeah, who knows? Maybe not being able to afford uh, Vuce's contract for firing him. Maybe in the end it's going to gonna be all for the better, keeping him around and starting to get some reactions from, from certain players. I will say Macias, uh, he's, been, he's been getting pretty uh, criticized by Vuce, you know, saying that he's distracted, that he's got his eyes on Europe, his agent keeps blowing him up, and he's distracted from what needs to be accomplished. And... Uh, he got subbed out when we needed a goal today at 70th minute. He got subbed out by uh, to, uh, for Saldivar. He didn't look too happy about it. And uh, Vucetich, you know, continues to play the uh, the tough love. And, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll finally get a reaction from him. But he, uh, the reality is he has now gone six games without scoring. So, uh, ouch. Uh, Beto. Yeah, Vucetich don't mess around, man. If you recall... He uh, he took out Ronaldinho, remember? And he got all mad. He just walked off the pitch. He didn't even go to the bench. That's right. Lucy doesn't Lucy doesn't, uh, doesn't mess around, even if you're a big name or whatever. If he's looking Damn. and he sees something he doesn't like, he'll do what he needs to do. That was my final comment. Imagine benching Ronaldinho. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> It, it needed to be done, though, um, and, and that was Nacho. He had been in charge of that team, and he lost control. And they brought Buse, and and he, he whipped them back into shape, and that club ended up making the final. 
uh, the Liga MX final. But yeah, I, I think they also won a stuff like that. You they won a Copa Mekis against it, Chivas, right? That was him. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it was with Buse. yeah, it was. Uh, and and uh, but but you know, it's it's you need stuff coaches like that because we were hearing again about possible locker meltdowns, and they, and this this is like one thing showing that even though Chivas like put all this faith in some of these players that they're not going to cater to them. And I know for fans, you see the criticism and it's like, why are they, but sometimes you need to do that stuff, you know? And, and he's, he's showing that like, you're, you're not, we're going to keep playing even if you're not here and, and they got the big win. So it, it sends a strong message. And then for a lot of the players, they, they end up, end up stepping up and, and improving. <clears throat> Absolutely, this crazy, crazy—I uh, don't know what to call it—experiment that he's been doing is is starting to starting to pay out. I mean, <laughs> it, there's there's fans that had said, you know, you know, bench Molina, bench Molina. You know, eventually he uh, he didn't play today because of an injury, but we ended up putting some some prospects in the lineup today, and they ended up coming through and and showing up. And I had said that, you know, it's like, hey, man, at this point, you know promote the players from Tabatillo because they're going to go out there and, and go balls out. And, yeah. and it, it, it was, it worked today. It really did. And it was impressive, you know, uh, especially against, you know, playing against on the road um, against, you know, one of the hottest strikers, you know, Funes Mori and Aviles, man, those guys are, those guys are a nightmare. And uh, the defense showed up today. So uh, I trust the Vucid process. <laughs> I'm back on the I'm back on the hype, baby. Let's you're, go. You're back. <laughs> nah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll take it one game at a time. No, I mean, look, look. If you see his numbers, and I think you were going over his numbers, they're really not that bad. Uh, and then he already he already did a semifinals, and I know we expect a lot of times you need to expect though because you made semis, you should be able to make it again or get to the final, but that's that's taking credit from the rivals and from the other teams that invest they'll bring in more players you know and and discarding also other things that happen at the club that are like fuera cancha you know stuff like like when you know again a broken record but losing the four players the trophies and the other callitos and whatnot and then other like discipline problems and 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 stuff like where, where i do see like antuna when, when you were saying earlier where he did a he did an interview, and the club was mad because they want to authorize the interviews, and and a big reason for that is because a lot of times it's it's a hit piece, you know they're they're looking to steer the pot. Yeah, there's always promoters and whatnot that will do stuff like that. They'll put out stories, you know, because you could pay you you could pay uh, reporters or whatnot to to write up a story and put it out there. You know these these things do happen, and just to to try to maybe get them, you know, maybe push them out of the club or or, or whatever reason there might be, because it is you know for a lot of these guys it's business. It's and I know it might sound like uh, it might might sound like some conspiracy, but it's it's all about money. It's another business and whatnot. And and if you if you could sell maybe to the club or whatnot, you're gonna try to do something to to get get your claws into that. Oh so yeah, that, absolutely. That's, that 
Yeah. If you're an agent, all you're trying to find out is the next sale, the next transaction. So, I mean, you'll even yeah. you'll even see agents kind of end up causing issues between the coaching staff and and the player because they they had their own best interest and they're looking to get you know a sell a transaction out of it and commission so that's football man yeah well we are out of time I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight and uh, for all the listeners out there make sure to follow us on twitter and make sure to check out those games this weekend man we got two civil wars with atlas chivas on saturday and then finishing that night will be uh Rayados versus Tigres. Be there or be square. But I hope everyone has a great night. We out.